Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So the last few years for the Missouri State basketball Bears have been kind of shaky. Not not too great. You surprised about the preseason rankings? No, it's about the way you would think that the league officials and uh, the media would, would put them. It's a perception more than anything else. doesn't mean anything. Of course not. It's bulletin board material for most of the teams and a note of praise for the top teams in the in the league, or at least one the team that's expected to dominate. It's Drake. Drake in Northern Iowa are one and two. Bears are picked for sixth. Well, this reporter, and I know Dana Ford and the Bears agree with me, I think they're better than that. But we'll have to find that out. The thing about it, Mike, is it's based on last year's performance and who's coming back and who has been added to the team. And the only thing you can go on, the only fact is, you don't know. You don't know how these new players are going to react. They're all good when they come in. They wouldn't be recruited otherwise. But the fact is that they have proven themselves on the court. And again, you'll have to wait and see. Now, Lady Bears get their ranking next week. I would suspect that they'll... They should be a, a top pick. But in this case, the Bears are a preseason pick for sixth. How'd the recruiting go for them this Well, Dana, Dana says very well. He's very pleased with the people who they have in there. The player of the year, the Bears do have one preseason player of the uh, by player of the year. I'm talking about first team all Valley, and that's Donovan Clay. And Donovan's been around here for a long time. He can almost apply for uh, ARP. Have retirement because he's been. It's actually he's been here for four, but he was Valparaiso for two. That COVID year still figures in there, and he is considered to be the the top player, the leader on the team as he should be. But again, you don't know how things are going to work out. You don't know what the rhythm's going to be. Yeah, that's what it really comes down to, especially when it comes to basketball. What teams are expected to win big in the college basketball rankings? <laughs> well, the Associated Press rankings, which is really the hallmark for all the rankings, both. Uh, in professional sports and in college, uh, had their women's rankings yesterday. The men came out the day before. And, of course, Kansas was number one with the men. In the women, defending national champion LSU will be the number one pick. They are followed by UConn. Now you say, well, UConn's always there. And that's true. They always are. But they had a down year for them. Down year for them. They made a deep incursion into the tournament, but it wasn't what UConn expects, and that's because their player of the year, Paige Beckers, did not play. She was out with a knee injury all year. She is back, and they have a very good team. Connecticut's picked for number two. Iowa, with Caitlin Clark, the nation's player of the year last year, who's already played one exhibition game and hit DePaul, which is a D1 team, with 34 in front of 55,000 people. She's a really, really top-notch player. Iowa's third, UCLA fourth, Utah fifth, and South Carolina, the national champion the last couple of years, is in sixth. So it's it's a pretty good array, and ladies' basketball is coming on. It's making a, a big inroads into the public sports conscience that's not with the men yet, but I think maybe in time, maybe your time, but not mine, uh, we will see the ladies right up there at the very top. Well, we'll wait. have to wait and see uh, change in venues for the Big 12 basketball tournament in Kansas City. And interestingly enough, it involves the ladies. Yeah. The Big 12 tournament is played at what's called the T-Mobile Center. Now, it's the old Sprint Center. That's old. It's a new arena. But it's uh, right down the street from the old municipal auditorium. That's where the ladies in the Big 12 played their postseason. And it usually ran uh, pretty much in conjunction with the men. Not literally day by day, but... The ladies played at the old municipal auditorium, which is one of the most historic venues in the country. 
Well, it's not. It's it's only about half the seating that you have at the T-Mobile Center. You've probably been to concerts at T-Mobile Center. A million concerts there. It's a it's a big. It's huge. It's and huge. it's very nice. Yeah, very nice. Very well, that's where the ladies are going to play. Starting in March of this year, they'll play the week before the men. I think it's March the 6th through the 12th. And then the men pick up the competition uh, March the 12th through the 16th. And it'll all be at the T-Mobile Center. Kind of sorry to see it leave the old municipal auditorium. Muni Auditorium was kind of similar in a way to Hammond Center here in Springfield. Not quite the same design, but the same seating capacity. They had, oh, maybe... Uh, eight, 9,000 people that could get in there. And it's the site of some very famous NCAA National Tournament games. Kansas, North Carolina, back when I was a kid, and North Carolina won over Wilt Chamberlain and company in triple overtime. That was their municipal auditorium. The Bears played a number of games up there. The Bears of 1952 and 53 won their back-to-back national championships there at the municipal auditorium. But that's no longer deemed useful because of the the fact that it's old. Old things are not deemed useful anymore, you might add. <laughs> no. They're moving, the ladies are moving from there to the T-Mobile Center. But, again, um, that might just be a sign of what's to come when they start thinking about moving a baseball team downtown Kansas City. Well, you have you have a cogent point because that, that is in the forefront of the Royals' minds. Why, I don't know, because I like Kauffman Stadium. Mm. Comfortable, easy to get too. into, easy to leave. But you want to, I guess the thinking is, want to go where the young people are. That and they see what's going on in St. Louis with uh, uh, Ballpark Village and Nashville's kind of got the same setup. So it, it's... It kind of just creates this bigger thing for power and light area downtown Kansas City, and that's what they're pushing. And then allows, fingers crossed, Chiefs to just make Arrowhead even bigger, and maybe one day. Well, I wouldn't object to that at all. Yeah, but they they need to call me for a debate on this. Yeah, thing. well, as long as they keep <laughs> us in the decision making process, I'll be happy. Game two for the National League baseball playoffs happened last night. Who got the dub? Oh my. Philadelphia gets the dub again. This makes it two straight now for the Phillies with the series moving to Phoenix, Arizona. And that's the next three games if necessary. Philadelphia 10, the Arizona Diamondbacks nothing. Oh my goodness. Arizona's starting pitcher last night was Merrill Kelly, who is an outstanding pitcher. Started for the USA team in the World Cup this past March, the World Classic, I should say, World Baseball Classic. He's an absolutely fine pitcher, has a big winning record for the Diamondbacks this year, All-America, Arizona State University. Kelly got, I wouldn't say torched by Philadelphia, but he was hit rather hard. He gave up, I think, four hits and three runs in the first four innings, and then they took him out, and that's when Philadelphia really took target practice. But of those four hits, three of them were home runs. Get this. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a figure. In four games, the last four games, Philadelphia has hit 15 home runs. Three of them last night. Two of them by Kyle Schwarber, who is the leadoff man, for heaven's sake. And then you had another one by Trey Turner, who the Phillies spent zillions of dollars to get from the Dodgers. Hey, this, this is a, a club... Big spending, but it's also coming together. They really play well. Now, that was only half of the equation, the offense. The other half was Aaron Nola, Philadelphia's starting pitcher, All-America, LSU. He threw six innings, 
struck out seven, allowed three hits, and pitched shutout baseball. Then the Philadelphia Relief Corps came in and shut out the Diamondbacks the rest of the way. This was this was all inspiring. Now, I, I know I have an allegiance as a boy toward the Philadelphia Phillies, but it's pretty good. Ten to nothing over Arizona. Now, the next three games, and again, the, the uh, third one would be, if necessary, are in Phoenix out at Chase Field. And I'm sure the fan base out there will be just, or maybe just, just as rowdy because Philadelphia's you Doubt it. <laughs> but, but they'll be loud, and Philadelphia doesn't have a great history of playing on the road. So we'll see what happens now. But the Phillies lead it two games to none, and then the American League, Texas leads two games to none over Houston, and they play in Arlington, Texas to, uh, tonight. Tomorrow is going to be really telling to see if the Phillies are as hot as I think they are right now. But if they are and they continue that down in the desert, Better watch out, Texas. All right. We got the Battle for Bell happening tomorrow at Hammonds Field. It is indeed. This is a benefit for the ALS unit at Cox South in Springfield. That's the only one of its kind within uh, the immediate area, which encompasses hundreds of miles. ALS, folks, a myotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, insidious disease, and named in honor of the late Howard Bell, iconic baseball player here in town at Parkview and with Missouri State and then a longtime coach out at Glendale, and a, and a very impacting coach, too. The kids absolutely loved him. He succumbed to the ravages of ALS back earlier in this decade. And the whole, a, the whole battle for Bell is in his honor. Now, what is it? It's two baseball games, and it is tomorrow at Hammonds Field. First game is BBC, Baptist Bible College, against Evangel. That game is at noon. And then what has been the hallmark of the entire battle for Bell series Missouri State versus Drury. That'll take place at 6.30 tomorrow night at Hammonds Field. Yeah, it might be on the cool side, but this is a pretty good showcase for two teams who are excellent. Now, Drury is Division Two, but Scott Nasby, who is a former Bears baseball player out of Glendale, is has done just a magnificent job. This Drury baseball team is really coming on and playing well, and the Bears, well, come on, they have a 41-year history under Keith Gutton. They have, they always seem to be somewhere in the, in the top rankings of baseball. So it'll be a good game. 6.30 is the starting time for the Bears and Drury, and that's tomorrow night. Battle for Bill. It is a charity. We urge you to get out there and see it. It should be a pretty nice day, too. We're looking at Sun 68 tomorrow, so not bad at all. Uh, I know Ned's uh, suite over at the uh, Great Southern Bank Arena is starting to get prepped for a whole season of uh, men and women's basketball. When are you going to start uh, saying in Shea Ned? My uh, my suite, the Shea Ned, is a single seat that's way up in the corner in the rafters. Shouldn't be telling anyone where you sit because well, then everyone's going to start buying you drinks. No, no, no. no, no. That's not going to happen. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know where to look for them now. We can yell and we can officiate and all that. I sit with my buddies up there. Anyway, the first exhibition game for the ladies is November 1st. And the Lady Bears will play Missouri Western. Each team, Bears and Lady Bears, has one exhibition game. They do have closed-door scrimmages that the public is not allowed to see. Thank you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the Lady Bears and Missouri Western, that's November 1st. The Bears will play at November 2nd, the day, uh, second day. And they will meet Westminster, which is a Division Three team from Fulton, Missouri. And both are designed, of course, to be workouts for the Division One teams. And that's probably what they will be. Then the season for both, regular season, begins November the 6th. Both teams play on a Monday night, and both teams are on the road. Lady Bears at Little Rock to play UALR. The Bears in Morgantown, West Virginia, to play the Mountaineers of West Virginia. That'll be 
That'll be a significant opener. Yeah, big test for them right out of the gate, Ned. You have a great Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.